Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. We are in Revelation 13, and we're asking a big question of this chapter, who is the Antichrist? I'd like to read a couple of verses from the beginning of chapter 13 of Revelation, and then a few verses from the very end of the chapter. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads, with ten diadems upon its horns and a blasphemous name upon its heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's and its mouth was like a lion's mouth, and to it the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. Moving to the end of the chapter, to verse 16, the false prophet encouraging the mark of this beast. It causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark, that is, the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let him who has understanding reckon the number of the beast, for it is a human number. Its number is 666. Now, to answer the question, who is the Antichrist, we need to discover the key that unlocks the whole book of Revelation. I've been emphasizing this several times that we really need to get the proper perspective of what St. John is talking about. Specifically, is St. John describing something past or is he describing something present or is it something future, or perhaps is it a combination of all three of these? I'm going to zero in on a very strong case that is often made, even in Catholic scripture commentaries, that Revelation 13, identifying the beast or the Antichrist, is something that's very directly limited to the first century, in other words, the past, and I'll get right to it. The best identity for the first century identification of the Antichrist is Nero Caesar. There's a lot of other Roman emperors that uh, perhaps qualify, but there's a particular reason why Nero Caesar earns the badge for this first century identification of the Antichrist. And it's in that last verse of Revelation 13, the very famous verse, that the number of the Antichrist, this is the simple use of numbers instead of letters, 666, if you add up the name of Nero Caesar in Hebrew, it comes up to 666. Now, that could be used for a whole lot of things. Uh, People have 
use that for Ronald Reagan to Henry Kissinger to who knows whoever. There's been literally hundreds of identifications of who 666 is. But there's a way to narrow this even further to Nero, and here's why. If you look in the footnotes, the, the, those little footnotes that 99% of people don't pay any attention to whatsoever when they're reading the Bible, like I'm looking at the bottom of my Revised Standard Version, and there's a little footnote that says, Other ancient authorities read 616. In other words, instead of 666, it's 616. Okay, I'm going to give you a really quick description of some hard courses in seminary. In a Greek New Testament, at the very bottom part of it, there are what are called variant readings. In other words, you have a collection of different manuscripts we have from the ancient world, a great great collection of ancient manuscripts, but sometimes they have very minor differences between the manuscripts, and that's what the variant reading. So if you're capable of reading the Greek New Testament, you not only read the Greek text in the Testament, but in some cases you want to look at the variant readings because why would some scribe or translator in making the Greek New Testament, why would they change something, for instance, in this case, from 666 to 616? And the fact of this variant reading, to me, makes the case for Nero stand in neon letters. It's this. If you write Nero Caesar in using the, what shall I say, the sum of the letters for 666 in Hebrew, it's 666. But if you translate it into Latin, it's 616. And there's very few of the many, I would say dozens or hundreds of identifications of who is the Antichrist, identifying him as the man of 666. Very few of those could go from 616 to 666 and be talking about the same person. So there you have it. It's all over and done. What Revelation 13 is talking about is Nero Caesar. Revelation's talking about something which happened in the first century, and I believe it is talking about something in the first century. So that settles it. It's over and done, but not so fast. This is where I part company with some friends who regard Revelation 13 as only talking about Nero Caesar, only talking about something identified in the first century AD. That's why when we began this show today, I started with the first two verses of Revelation 13. In other words, this case is very strong identifying Nero with the 666, the last verse of the chapter. But if we take the whole chapter in context, particularly the first two verses of Revelation 13, something else happens. We began Revelation 13 with a beast rising out of the sea. And then there's some very 
strange apocalyptic imagery, which is kind of hard to discern. But I'll tell you where this comes straight from. Perhaps the most important chapter in the entire Old Testament to understand the kingdom of God is Daniel chapter 7. And remember, what is Revelation talking about? Kingship and worship? And would it be a surprise that in a book that is showing the conflict of kingships between that of man and that of God, that you would have the most important chapter in the Old Testament for kingship to be brought forward right into the discussion we're having today. So, Revelation 13, verse 1, I saw a beast rising out of the sea. I'm going to jump to Daniel chapter 7, verse 2. The four winds stirring up the great sea. Hmm, sounds pretty familiar. Next verse, Daniel 7, 3. And four great beasts came out of the sea. Four. Four beasts, not just one, four beasts came out of the sea. Now, what does Daniel go on to describe these four beasts coming out of the sea? Daniel 7, 4. The first beast was like a lion. Revelation 13. Its mouth was like a lion's mouth. Go back to Daniel. Next verse, Daniel 7, 5. The second beast was like a bear. Flip back to Revelation 13. Its feet were like a bear. Hmm. Next verse in Daniel, Daniel 7, 6. I looked and lo, another, like a leopard. Flip back to Revelation 13. The beast I saw was like a leopard. This is probably the closest union of a passage between the New and the Old Testaments that I can imagine. And it's one of the more difficult passages in the book of Revelation. People read this. What is this talking about? It's talking about what Daniel described in chapter 7. Let's go back to Daniel. Now the fourth beast, Daniel 7, 7. And a fourth beast terrible and dreadful and exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had 10 horns. Revelation 13, 1. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with 10 horns. And so here is the big hint regarding the identity of the Antichrist. In Daniel chapter 7 and verse 17, it says, These four great beasts are four kings who shall arise out of the earth. Not just one, the Roman Empire in the first century AD, but four dominating world empires, satanically energized, Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome, and I realize what I just said, There perhaps there are a few world history teachers in Catholic schools and universities who may want to study the prophet Daniel and slightly modify their views on the so-called glories of ancient Greece and Rome. These were satanically inspired and empowered 
empires that were dominating other peoples, Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome. These were the four world empires. And so what is Revelation 13 saying? Because it's introducing this chapter on the Antichrist, but it hear this carefully, it's using a composite of the wicked kings of these four world kingdoms and building a composite of it. Yes, Nero and Rome is part of that composite, no doubt. So you do have the past first century historical aspect, but to limit that and squeeze it all into just that box is a mistake because St. John is trying to expand to realize what is coming in the future has come in the past in many ways. These are forerunners, precursors of the Antichrist. Now, you don't have to really get too worried about this because we do know what's going to happen. Daniel chapter 7 and the book of Revelation both clearly emphasize that this kingdom will arise. Yes, it will be horrible and tough and everything else, but it's of a limited duration and the kingdom of Christ will prevail. So what is the key to the identification of the Antichrist in Revelation 13? Is it past? Yes. Is it just the first century, Nero? No, but it's a series of world empires that St. John forms into a synthesis. But there's more. What about the present reality of Antichrist? And what about the future? That's the next episode. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 103 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at Luke. 21.com